are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Job, you know, went through a lot of heartaches and battles. We know about that. And I want you to notice now, here he is in the 23rd chapter. Job answered and said, Even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him, and I'd fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. There the righteousness might, uh, the righteous might dispute with him. So should I be delivered forever from my judge. Notice now, Job's having a hard time finding God. Look at this next verse. He said, Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But listen to this is my text. This man's in a bad place. Have you ever prayed and you've wondered, God... You know, you prayed something to say, oh, God's not listening to you while you're praying. You know, you know what I mean. You wonder, Lord, where are you at? He said, I look, Lord, if I could just find you. But look at what he said in verse 10. But he knoweth the way that I take. Now, don't you forget that. You may lose the glimpse of him, but he's never lost a glimpse of you. I remember 40... Good night. Forty-eight years ago, we went through an awful split at Gospel Light. And man, I tell you, old Dr. Harold Seidler, what a blessing he was. I went to him. I, I, I'm not taking any credit. I just want to tell you this quickly. I, we, we'd had nothing but blessings for five or six years. We grow from 150 to 500. Don't bust me. Regular, five, six hundred. And then we had trouble coming to church. I had a heart attack. I was 29. For one thing, while I was out of the church, it got this fuss and the carrying on. And I tried to get the crowds together, and it split me. And uh, that was worse than a heart attack. I reckon a heart attack will kill you, but nerves won't, but they'll make you think you're going to die. And I got so I weighed, I remember I weighed 212 pounds. I got down to 143, I believe. Couldn't eat. Didn't want nothing to eat. And uh, couldn't stand the thoughts of preaching that place. It's splitting all I can hear is the crowd down the road. How they was getting along every Sunday. Had people saved all the time, and now nobody is ever getting saved. Talk about Dr. Seidler. Uh, I heard him preaching one time, and you, you folks didn't know him. What a blessing. Big chorus voice. He said, I heard a man say a while back, if he, somebody didn't come down the aisle, every Sunday he'd die. He said, God help me, he won't live long. You go through them times. But, but, but God brought us through that. And I went to Dr. Seidler. He was around. He's 200 miles from us. and he, He's preaching around in there. And I talked to him. And I said, Doc, I, maybe the Lord wants me to leave here. One man walked up to me and said, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I love you. But you ought to know God's through you around here. You look like a corpse. 
you know, and things like that. Yeah. You know, all of Job's friends are not dead. <laughs> but let me tell you this quickly. Let me tell you this quickly. I couldn't feel God. I, I'd, I'd go down to old Robertson Farm and walk around and cry and say, God, where are you at? Man, I just everything had been glory, but all the glory is gone now. What have I done? You know. And I, I said, Doctor Siler, I guess I'm gonna leave. God don't want a man the church, does He? When He think about you got to preach there again, it makes you nauseate to think you got to get in that pulpit. I said, I believe I'm diving on no doctor. No, you're not. God's grace sufficient. And I said, yeah, but he said, yeah, but nothing. God's grace sufficient. He knows where you're at. Stand still. I can hear him now groaning at me. And by the grace of God, I did. After about three years, when your attendance goes from 5, 550 to 200, the next Sunday and wondering, everybody's talking and wondering who's right and who's wrong in the mess. And after about three years, heaven opened. And it seems like the Lord was saying to me, Bobby, you didn't know where I was at, but I know where you was at. He was standing behind the cloud. And he opened the cloud up. I was in I was in the funeral with an old gentleman, old fashioned preacher years ago. We was riding along going to the cemetery. He said, Brother Bobby, I've, his health was bad. He said, I feel like old Job. He's got me by my neck and shaking me to pieces. And I thought, I never read that before. <laughs> Ed Ballou, the old Indian preacher, if you know it. Some of you. But I didn't tell him. And I went for years, and I thought, where in the world? And one day I was reading how many of you preachers never have read that? As you remember, you read it, but you don't remember it. Some of you, yeah. Well, it's in Job sixteen twelve. Job said, Job said, he has taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces. And then he said, but he set me up. Set me up for his. And anyway, that's not my sermon, but I felt the same way. I did. But God was standing. And I'm just saying tonight, there may be somebody here that's a cloud's hanging over you. You know, you know I, I'm still learning. I don't know much. I, the older I get, the dumber I believe, honestly believe I am. The things I, I don't know what to do about them. But I, I think about you younger preachers. You run into things. And, 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 and I almost got out of the will of God right there. See, it's easy to... Ask God what His will is and then turn around and tell Him what it is. <laughs> That's pretty easy sometimes. So I think Job, he, 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 I never had no time like him. But he said here, He knows the way and He never lost that. And when He hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. And just a few thoughts, I believe, reason why this man said that. And, and by the way, I want us just to review him for just a minute. You remember in the first chapter, the Bible said he was the best man in the East. He was a man that had prior in his home. You remember what he said? He had ten children and, and he offered sacrifice up. He said, I don't know, my children may have done wrong. He cared for his family. He talks about another time how he, how he sacrificed for his children. 
And he, and he had got everything. He got honest and all that. He had servants and maids and all these things. And one day, one day. And by the way, I was reading, I think it's in the fourth chapter, if I'm not mistaken, when he said, I, 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 I had a fear that these things was going to happen. What are you saying? I, I, I was afraid that things wouldn't keep going good all the time. And don't look for bad. They'll, it'll be there all right. You don't have to look for it. But this is what I was thinking the other day, brother. This man, listen, here comes someone and said, Job, fire come out of heaven and killed 7,000 of his sheep. Killed them. Now, could you imagine that? Couldn't this man have said, why did God send it out from heaven? Couldn't he have said, what have I done to cause that? I believe the devil uh, uses bitterness more than anything to ruin us as Christians. But you don't find it in here. And you keep going. And then before that one left, here comes one and says, he had 3,000 camels and said, the enemies come in and took your camel, uh, camels and your workers and so on. And then there's five yoke of oxen for that and get away. Here comes another one and tell him about all these things. And then this sad thing, listen. His children was having fellowship at the oldest boy's house. God sent a wind. Now, you get a little bit more if some enemy comes in, but when God alone does His thing, and here comes one and says, there came a terrible storm or so, and blew the house down, all ten of your children's dead. I've seen people lose a, a, a kid uh, by death or, or some sickness and get bitter towards God. But the Bible said in all these things, He charged God not foolishly. Boy, that's a great Christian. You can say what you please. And, and, I, and he goes on, and, 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 and after all this, and then his friends, they'd had fellowship, no doubt, many times. His three friends had come, and they'd had maybe cookouts, and this and that and the other, and they hear that Job's sick, and we better go see a friend. And they get there, and they see him, and they look at him, and they, one of them says, hey, he's done something called this. God wouldn't laugh. It's not God. It, 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 God's whipping him. That's his trouble. No. And so they turned against him. And they begin to accuse him as being a hypocrite and all those things. And he lost his touch with God. He couldn't find God anywhere. And then his precious wife, she got fed up with it. She said, she got bitter. She said, Job, how much more are you going to go on and serve God after he's done you like? Why don't you just curse God and die? I don't think she turned against her husband, but why do you keep standing? And you may be in a home like that. And maybe one of the companions, one of the other, says, why don't you just give it up? Job had all that to go through with. But in all of this, he stayed, uh, he stayed true. I love to read the times where, but he retained his integrity. We need some people with integrity today, my friend. And Job, what I want you to see is, is through all of this, Job never got angry at God. He said, I don't know where he's at, but he knows where I'm at. And he's got a he's got a hand in this thing. I don't understand it, but he understands it. 
And what me and you need to do is to commit it to the Lord if you love the Lord. I was reading a message the other day by some, I can't remember who he was, some old preacher. And, and he was going through a very serious surgery. And the nurse was preparing him to, for, the, for the, uh, the operation. And she said, sir, I know this is real bad. And the old man said, no, it's good. And she stopped and said, what do you mean? He said, lady, I love the Lord. And the Bible said all things are working together for good. Them that love Him. I said, good night, what faith. You know, that's the kind of faith men you need in the Lord, my friend. I heard Clarence Sexton, you may have heard him say, he was so close to Dr. Lee Robertson. And God used Lee Robertson, you know, there in unusual way. My boy Steve was there from 1968 to 72. If I'm not mistaken, had about 5,000 students and 70 some missions in those hills back in there. Steve pastored one of them when he was there and different ones and went in souls every way. And I got the evangelist paper and it's always 10,000 or more in service that Sunday and baptized a thousand people a year. And all the missionaries and how God used him. I heard Clarence Sexton say it not too long before he died. He was 97, you know, when he died. And he said, I was riding along with him. And I said, Dr. Robertson, is there anything, anything, if you had your ministry to live over, is anything you'd change? And he said, he looked over at me and said, I'd have more faith in God. And that's something. More faith in God. Folks, listen, let's faith. Now, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But the more that you and I believe God, and then we'll see Him bring us through battles, He'll use that to trial your faith more precious in gold, and He'll use that to encourage us and to help us along the way. My old grandmother Robertson, i never seen my grandfather Robertson. He died a year before I was born. Grandma was a strong Christian. And uh, things would happen and it would just tire up the rest of the family. But Granny could take it better. My granddaddy used to tell me, she said, Bobby, he was 45 and he had a stroke about midnight. And the doctor came, stayed all night with us and he died about daylight next morning. My daddy, when he was 14 years old, had rheumatic fever and, and it affected his heart. They didn't know what to do back in those days. It affected his heart. And Grandma said that uh, the doctor told her, said, now don't let him get out and scuffle with other kids like that. He may fall over dead. And he had a serious heart condition all his life. Long as I remember, Dad was pastored. Worked five and a half days a week at the bank in Western Salem and pastored over 200 people. And he preached on Sunday and went to work on Monday. And, and I was helping my uncle in the farm. And they come and got me out of the field. Never forget, little boy, 12 years old. And your dad just died, 39 years old with a heart attack. Grandma lived through that. He had two brothers. One of them was 47 and died in his sleep with a heart attack. The other was 53 and died with a heart attack. And my oldest first cousin was 42 and died on the way to the hospital with a heart attack. And I remember, and the older ones, I, the preacher, and I'd go in and talk to Granny. I remember when my cousin died, I said, Granny, I got some sad news. She lived by herself. She's 88 and she went to heaven. And she said, which one is this time, Bobby? That's the way she said. 
And then she told, she went, uh, Brother Jackson went over this story so many times. And she said, now, Bobby, Jesus said, and she started quoting the 14th chapter. He said, when your granddaddy died, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. And, she told, and then she said this. Now, Hoyt was the last one. That's my cousin. And I'd lived with the Lord about four or five years before that. He was a member of our church. But anyway, she said, uh, now they'll be coming in here, and they'll be wanting to give me a bunch of pills. But now I don't need them things. Because Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. What are you saying, Brother Bobby? I'm saying that God, through her trials, she had faith. Man, I went I mean, one day to see her. She couldn't see good, but she wanted to live at the old home place. Didn't want to go nowhere. And some of the youngins would take her food in, you know. And she could get around in there. I went by to see her about two or three miles from me. When I thought I ought to go see Granny, and I'd drop in, and I walked in. She'd never lock her door. Live in a big old two-store house. You could live the other side for six months, and she'd never known it. I said, Granny, you better lock your door off, Bobby. She said, if they get me, they'll turn me loose at daylight. And I walked in there. Listen, I walked in there one day. I walked in there one day. Just thought, I ought to go by and see Granny. And the door's open. It's summertime. And I walk in, and there she sits in there. And that old reviving fan was going like that on the table, you know, squeaking. She didn't have no air condition. I said, Granny, hi. She said, Bobby, that's you. And I said, yeah. She caught my voice. She said, you didn't know Jesus sent you by here, did you? Well, I hadn't thought about it, Granny. Why? She said, you hear that old thing there getting on my nerves, squeaking. She said, look up there in that old three-point cupboard. Hey, them old cupboards, three-cornered cupboard, old-fashioned. She said, look up there in the cupboard. There's some three-in-one oil in there. And agreed. So I just talking to Jesus a little while ago. And I told him to put on somebody's heart to come by here and all that thing for me. I never seen my old grandmother get upset. I mean, anything's all right. It'll work out. Don't worry. She believed God was in control. And let's face it tonight, friend. Let's face. I know we're human, but we can't worry and believe God at the same time. And remember, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. I don't care what what we do if we don't believe Him. Then we can't please Him. And faith and worry don't go together. They just don't go together. I mean, when faith drops, worry comes. And when worry there, then faith don't have anything to do with it. Oh, listen. Here's my thoughts on this thing, and I'm going to hurry. Number one, he never lost his confidence in God's Word. Now, you look there at verse 12. Look what he said. He said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. Listen, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What's he saying? He said the words, and he didn't have the Bible like we have. God spoke, but he said the words of his mouth is more necessary than the food that I have to eat. I'm saying tonight, friend, mean you need to get in the old book. That's what I'm trying to say. And listen, this man never lost his confidence in the Word of God. And feelings may quit, and this may quit, and that quit, but the book never changes. 
Brother Lester Roloff used to preach for us a whole lot. He said, the Bible doesn't need to be re-read. A rewritten needs to be re-read. And how true that is. How true that is. Yes, he never lost it whatsoever. You remember what the psalmist said in Psalm chapter 1? A man will meditate in it day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What he's saying, when everything else is drying up, he'll be like that tree that's down young. Every time I quote that, I think when I was a boy, I was plow, used to plow corn and, with a mule. We didn't use, I remember when the tractors come out, we didn't use tractors. They'd pack your land, they'd run it. We used old mule. And I'd be out there plowing that corn, that old mule. Man, this July, you're talking about hot. And old Matt, if there's ever a mule went to heaven, old Matt went there, yeah. And, 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 and I'd stop old Matt, you know, and I'd go down. Here's the big field up here. And down there's a little patch of woods. as a creek run down there. And, and I'd stop everything. I mean, that old corn dry and dry time in the summertime, you know. But you go down there. I'd go down through the woods. And I know it, you'd die doing it today. But I'd get down there and... And make me a dipper and suck me up some water. And every time I read that scripture, I think about and everything up yonder is dead and drying, but all around that creek is so pretty and green. You know what? Because it's drawing from the from the water there. And the Lord said, "You and I, if we'll meditate in His book, He said, then we'll be like that tree planted, but they'll bring forth His fruit in His season." His leaves shall not wither. Oh, listen. This man believed the Word of God. He believed the Word of God. He said, it's more than my necessary food, the Word of God. You remember what David said in Psalm 119, verse 67? He said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now kept thy Word. Boy, the Word will do something for it. He'll straighten us out. You say, I don't like this and that. Well, let me tell you how you can like them. Listen to Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You say, well, Brother Bobby, you don't know. I know what the book says. Why don't we confess our sins? God says, if I love this book, nothing's going to offend me. We Baptist preachers act like a bunch of youngins sometimes. I mean, fussing and fuming and carrying on. I, t- I was talking to Brother Smith. So I told him a while back, I said, we act like a bunch of kids. We need to grow up. One one will get mad at this, and I don't know why they send me a copy of the letter. And he'll I'll get his letter, and in a few minutes, I'll get one back from him, and I'll get one back from him. I know, why don't you grow up? Yeah. So I said, well, we ought to do this. I told one a while back, I said, we're not Catholics. We don't have a Pope. Bless God, we're independent Baptists. We have the Holy Ghost to lead us. That's what I'm trying to say. This old book right here, it tells me everything I ought to know, my friend. It's a lamp unto my feet, a light to my pathway. Thy word of a hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Yes, the word of God will clean us. He'll show us. He'll convict us. That's what I'm saying. And this man believed the Word of God. Oh, I love the old book, don't you? I love this book. I get me a little of it every morning. I said, well, I've never seen that before. <laughs> whole lot I had never seen yet. I've read it many times. He had confidence in God's Word. 
Let me say this. I, I got to old brother Baz Hoosers in heaven now. One of my members, he told me this This has happened actually years ago. I may have told it here, but Brother Treatment needs to hear it again. That's all right. <clears throat> he told me there was a preacher. You know, the devil will always work on your weakest point. And he said this old preacher had preached for years and years, and he was a little bit feeble-minded. And, 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 and he got real depressed. He told his name and everything. I think that time doesn't matter. Anyway, he said he got real depressed. And one day his wife asked him, said, Honey, what's the matter with you? And, and he said, This may fool you, but I've been doubting my salvation. And, and, and she got the Bible down and got with the old man. And he said, Oh, I'm saved. And he got, you know, real, got it real settled and everything. But see, he had lost his, he, he felt his touch. And we want to see and want to feel. You know what I mean. And and Brother Hooser told me that this uh, this man said several weeks passed, and she was in the kitchen doing something one day, and and he got gone, and the the bedroom door was shut, and she opened the door, and the old man was sitting on the side. And by the way, she had she had used John five twenty four to help him. You know, very, very, I say to you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me at the everlasting life shall not come into condemnation. His wife had used that word, and the old man, he, he said, I'm saved, I believe. But now, wait a minute. Several weeks passed, and Brother Hooser said, she opened the door one day. I mean, she couldn't find him. And he was sitting on the side of the bed with his Bible open. And he had it back up under the bed, the Bible under the bed. Brother Hooser said his wife said, Lord, he's lost it for sure now. She said, Honey, what are you doing? He said, Well, he said, I've been having some more doubts. And he said, I figured the devil was in the darkest place in this room, and under the bed's the darkest, and I wanted to read John five twenty four. <laughs> I want the devil to know I've got eternal life. Now, brother, you stand on that for a while and you'll do some shouting. Amen. I led a man to the Lord years ago. And, and he kept, uh, man, he, I'll use John, uh, John uh, 6, 47. No, we'll forget that. We didn't have a place to baptize at that time inside. And I've been trying to win him to the Lord. He'd come one Saturday night. Some of us men were praying at the church. And, and he'd come walking in about 9 o'clock. He said, could I see you a minute? He's a businessman. And I said, yes, and I walked back. And he said, you told me, and I tried to win. He said, you told me if I'd asked the Lord to save me, he'd save me. And I've been, I don't, never did ask him why. He said, I've been there in your cemetery for an hour asking him and he won't save me. And I said, Scotty, I said, do you, do you, uh, you, I said, you know, you're lost. Well, sure, man, I sure am. I knew what he was doing. He was looking for a feeling. I turned my testimony. Them men are standing waiting on me. We done pray. And I'm back to back of the church and the old building. And I, I turned John six forty seven and I kept support. For everybody send you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I said, You believe it? Yeah, I believe it. I said, You've got everlasting life? And he said, Well, I hope I have. I said, Let's read it again. Verily, verily I send you, he that believeth on me hopes. He said, No, don't say that. I said, Verily, verily I send you, he that uh, believes on me, feels. Does it say that? No. Hath everlasting. And I said, uh, well, do you have it? 
Well, like I told you, and I said, well, God said, if you believe that, you got it. So your God one wrong. And he said, uh, big old fella, weighed 240 some pounds. Never forget it. And he said, he said, uh, he's with the Lord now. He was a black. But he said this. He said, you mean to tell me if I believe that I'm saved? I said, that's what it says. And he reached out, grabbed my hand. He said, I'm going to believe it. Whether I know it or not, he said I had everlasting life. Listen, that fella grabbed his chest. He said, I, he said man, I, I've been going to the Catholic Church for years. I've been, but he ain't never had nothing felt like this before. He said, it's wonderful. It's what I've been wanting all my life. He come out of there and come down. We had about 12, 14 men waiting down the front, you know. It's 10 o'clock on Saturday night or 10, 30 time. And he walked around and said, I just got everlasting life. Just got, and he shook hands. I just got everlasting life. I said, listen, I said, Scotty, I said, listen. I said, Scotty, I said, now, you ought to get baptized. And I explained what, he said, let's do it. And, and we, we, we didn't, hey, we out in the country, we didn't have, we had a well to, and we'd have to draw water three or four times a week to get enough to get baptized, you know. In, in our baptistry at that time. We had one then, but the other church we didn't. Anyway, I explained, I said, ain't got no water in there. He said, it's in March. It's cold. And he said, don't you have a creek or pond or something around here? And I said, now, t- now remember, this don't have nothing to do with your salvation now. I said, and he said, preacher, he told me his age. He, came in. he, said, he said, you told me I ought to do what God wants me to do. It's the first time I've been satisfied in my life. I don't do what he wants me to do. Ain't you got some word? Can't you do it tonight? Well, I thought about one of my members had an old fish pond over And I went home. I said, yeah, you go on home, and I'll be by and get you. So I went on home and told Jackie, and we'd been praying for him. Anyway, I put my overalls on. <laughs> and I went back, and them old boys that was with me down there, they, they hung around, you know. So I go by his house, and here at 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock then, and he comes out on Saturday night with his four little kids and his wife. And get in their car, and I get in mine. We go over to old brother Heath's house, and about 12.30, over at quarter one, I knocked on his door. And he comes to the door in his pajamas, and I told him the story. And I said, just want to, I just going down here uh, in your cow pasture, going down to your pond, your fish pond. I said, don't want you shoot me. He said, let me get dressed. I got a bigger light, I'll hit. And he went with us. We went down that old trail where the, where the cows had been going. And I got me, you never baptized till you baptize outside. You get your big old long stick, you know, and feel your way out through that mud. Boy, listen, it was cold. And uh, and I felt my way out there. Got about waist deep. That old big boy come on out there and follow me. I never asked him to, but those guys standing on the shore got to singing. I mean, up there they got singing "Amazing Grace." One o'clock in the morning, man, I never heard the sun so heaven come down there. I baptized that old boy, and he went on home. His wife and kids, and I went home, took me a bath, and went to bed. Next morning. Jack and I got there about the time he did. Here he come, him and his family. He just looked like he lit up. I said, Scotty, how you doing? He said, I ain't been to bed yet. He said, he said, the longer I stayed up, the better it got, preacher. 
Now listen. And he said, he said, you didn't know it, but my wife's daddy is an old preacher from West Virginia and got 16 kids. She got 15 brothers and sisters. And they've been praying for me for years. And we've been up the rest of the night. Some of them live in Ohio and Pennsylvania and West Virginia. And we've been calling them all night telling them about this. Now he's one man got baptized before he joined. <laughs> that old boy go out and knock on doors. Man, he go to the hospital and take a bunch of little boys and get out on the parking lot. One day he come running up to me and he says, See that fellow going back yard, sir. See him, see him, see him, see him. I said, well, going yard, he goes yard. He said, he, he made it. He said, the other day one of my little boys walked up and gave him a track. He said, I don't want that. So I hollered at him and said, you ought to be ashamed not to take what that little kid wants. And there he was in church that Sunday. My friend, have confidence in the Word. We don't have to see or feel. Just believe it. It's so. And old, and old Job had confidence in the Word. And I got two or three more thoughts here. And I'm going to quit here in just a few minutes. Now, I don't listen. When men you have confidence in the Word, we'll have confidence in God's ways too. Yeah, in God's ways. You see here, uh, uh, he talks about in verse 13, 14. I uh, read it. Notice, but he's in, he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what, what his uh, soul desireth, even that he doeth. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. What's he saying? He's saying he's doing like he wants to. <laughs> yeah, he's doing like he wants to, you see. What's he doing? He's conforming us into the image of his blessed Son. I, a years ago, I preached near Detroit, and the preacher said, Would you like to go over and see new cars? I believe it was Ford's that made that time. And we went over there, and it was a day when you couldn't get in to see them. He said, Let's pull out here at the end of the lot. And we just pulled out. He said, You'll see in a minute. And a few minutes, they drove a pretty car out. And he said, And I, I got there, sat there, and I thought, I wish I could see it. If I'd have seen that car when it started, nothing but the wheels and the chassis, I'd just say it never amounted to anything. But as it moves along the line, they put a fender and a bumper and all this and that, and it comes out a brand new one. And God has to lock, knock a little bit of paint off of me and you here and yonder and let us fall down to get us to place to realize it's not us, it's Him. And bless God, when He gets through with us, Romans chapter 8 says, we'll come forth uh, just like Him, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. And this man right here, he didn't get bitter because he knew God had a way of doing. Let's don't try Hebrews chapter 10. I can't get into that tonight, but he talks about the chase of the Lord. It don't seem good at the time, but it'll yield forth fruit. If God left us alone, we'd get the big head. God has to knock a prof out from under us a lot of time, brother. There's things happen we don't understand, but we don't have to since he understands it. How about old Joseph? Look at him. No, Joseph never got bitter. I mean, look at the line. Can you imagine? Read the paper in Egypt, and here's a man that tried to rape uh, Potiphar's wife, and it comes out on the head, and he knows that he's not guilty back there. And then when that old butler got, uh, when uh, uh, the king released him, and he said, I'll tell him, and then he still left him in prison. All them things. But you read that 50th chapter. His brothers said, oh, he'll get us now since daddy's dead. He said, I'm not going to bother you. 
He said, God had a hand in this thing all the time. He said, I'm not going to bother you. No. Folks, we've got to learn to walk like that. And we'll have the joy of the Lord in our heart. Yes, sir. A lot of things you could say about that. He never lost his confidence in God's Word and God's ways. He never lost his fear of God. And I have verses of that. And he never did lose his faith. Never did lose his faith. Now listen, I haven't had no hard time. People think I have. I haven't. But every little sickness has come to me. I've seen something come out of it. That's right. You know, nine years ago I had prostate cancer. Took 39 radium treatments. And let me say this quickly. Four and a half years ago, I was feeling fine. Preached somewhere on Saturday. And on, on uh, Sunday morning, about 4.30, 5 o'clock, I woke up so sick. Oh, so sick on my stomach. And I tried to make it to the restroom. I liked to fail, so I got out and crawled. I didn't want my wife, but she woke up and I started vomiting and it was black blood. I'd bleeding to death and didn't know it. That's on a Sunday morning. And it got me to the hospital and went through all the procedures and so on and so forth. And finally, at the end, finally at the end, the doctor come in and sit down to talk to me. And he said, Mr. Robertson, he said, you've got a cancer at the top of your stomach and the end of your socket. And he said, we're going to have to move, remove a third of your stomach. And then we're going to move this side. And then we're going to make you a socialist. I was 74 at that time. I throw this thought out. I just thought about this about a year ago, Brother Trevor. I said to that doctor, I guess I'll have to retire. Everything got awful dark. You know what he said? You know, there's power in words, folks. You remember what uh, the, the, the word fitly spoken, apple to gold, pitch of silver? You know what that doctor said? No, you don't have to retire. He said, you forget about that. He said, no, nah, you're going to be fine. If that doctor sit there and said, well, you are getting older and you're 74 and you had, I'm sure, a good life, I'd have probably dug a hole and got in it. You understand what I mean? And I, I told him about a year ago how I appreciated him doing it. Yeah. And I'm doing fine. The old Doc said, uh, you know, he says as that heals, the hole in your throat will want to shrink up and we're going to have to go in there and surprise her over once in a while. And he taught me. <laughs> he taught, he's an old-fashioned doctor. And he said, now if you listen to me, I'm going to teach you how to do that yourself. And so... About every two weeks, I go by the doctor. Don't ever see him, just a nurse there. And she said, here you are. And she'll take a little can of, uh, of stuff to numb him. So open your mouth. A little bitter. And then she's got my tube ready. It's just a rubber tube. And I don't know what she greases with, but she puts something on her anyway. And she says, go ahead. And she thinks I'm a miracle. And she'll sit and watch me. And you just, if you're about to gag, you know, just stop and pray a little bit. And then relax. Now, I'm not, I'm not a Norman Vincent Peale, but I'm going to tell you positive thinking hips, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm about to gag, I just stop and just breathe a little. 
takes me about five minutes, and I put 14 inches down in here. Pull it out, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Doc said the other day, I, I believe it's about, about, I said, what do you eat? I said, anything. Man, man, me and Dr. Gibbs eat together a while back, and, and I eat two hot dogs, and he eat four. He looks like it too, don't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's talking about this morning. <laughs> but that's not bad, but let me tell you what's happened. You don't know it to people I have talked to from other states. And I visited in, in the Western Salem Hospital and say, Preacher, this person's got the same problem. You understand what I'm trying to say? And you go sit down and tell them how they feel, you see. And they, they, some of them think you're a psychiatrist. Boy, I said, no, I've just been through it. And God brought me through it. He'll bring you through it. Yeah. Yeah. Someone asked me while well, back to church. I reckon some of them would like for me to leave. And I said, I don't know when I'm leaving this place. I don't know. God knows. I told my plan right now. The pastor tell him a hundred. And then I'm going into evangelism the rest of my life. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You say, who are you training? I'm asking the Holy Ghost to put somebody up there. He knows better than I know. And why should I? So, so I don't know why these guys, so they, somebody asked me the other day, brother, and I'm quitting after this out. Really. Uh, well, they asked me the other day, said, well, now, who do you think would pastor after you're gone? And I said, Andy Christ. I think I'll make it to the rapture. We'll turn it over that old boy. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.